This is the Praying with the Eyes podcast, episode 51, The Three Amigos, Part 3, Serving Christ. Holy Cross's Director of Growth Ministry, Stan Hampton, sits down with me as we talk about service ministry and its relationship to worship and our growth in Christ. Pastor Jeffrey Mines will join us later in the podcast as we talk about a blog I wrote, Bloom Where You Are Planted. Welcome to the Praying with the Eyes podcast. Your host is Doug Bronner, senior pastor at Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado. As an avid photographer, Doug combines the beauty of God's creation with the beauty of His Word in a Praying with the Eyes devotional blog. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. On May 15th of this year, we started a a podcast series entitled The Three Amigos, and it it, it went over... uh, uh, it was supposed to at that time. Yes, May fifth. That's a long time. Ago. That was a while ago. <laughs> it was supposed to go over uh, the three area, three legged stool uh, that we have here at Holy Cross for ministry of worship, growth, and service. And we started out. And I think you went first. I think we did yep. growth ministry first, and then we did worship ministry. And then I decided to take uh, three months off from the podcast. <laughs> and some people say that was on purpose because I didn't want to have to deal with service ministry and get up the courage. Maybe it would just kind of go away. <laughs> <laughs> and, forget about it, and people maybe. forget about it. And then I started looking at the numbers of people who listen to those other two uh, podcasts, and the highest of any of them. And really? So, yes, they are. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. And they they keep keep people keep listening to those two. It must be because of you and Jeffrey, not because of me. And so um, I thought, well, we better bring this to a conclusion. No, we were planning to do this anyway. I, as I mentioned in the last podcast, I, I had to take some time off. There's times you just got to take a break. And uh, but things can be a little different this time. I have with me, as you already heard in the background here, uh, Dan Hampton, our director of growth ministries here at Holy Cross, and he's going to interview me because I'm not only am I the senior pastor here at Holy Cross, but I'm also the director of service ministry, sort of. <laughs> it's hard to do. It's hard to do both. Yeah. Uh, so in just a moment, we'll, we'll I'll turn it over to to Dan and let him. Uh, take over the podcast, and we'll be joined by uh, the Most Holy Reverend Jeffrey Mines toward the end of the podcast as well. So wouldn't want to forget the third amigo uh, in all of, all of this as well. Anyway, the Praying with the Eyes podcast is a ministry of Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado, where Dan and I serve, where Jeffrey serves, and we're so privileged to be able to be uh, called here in service uh, to our Lord and to this community. If you want to find out more about Holy Cross, you can visit our website at holycrosscs.org. That's holycrosscs, as in Colorado Springs, .org. The Praying with the Eyes ministry has its own website for daily devotional blogs. And if you're looking for a resource just to, for inspiration during the day, uh, there are seven of us that are writing these blogs at this time, and you get a different perspective from each one of us. They're short. They're only about 350 words or so forth. They're meant to be that way so that you know you get that one thought during the day, and, and maybe it sticks with you uh, as you read it. But you can go to prayingwiththeeyes.com, all one, one, one word, prayingwiththeeyes.com. You can subscribe to those daily devotional blogs if you'd like, and we'd love to have you join that community. So anyway, um, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting day today. It's uh, the shoe is on the other foot. Going deeper, you're listening to the Praying with the Eyes podcast. All right, Dan, turning things over to you. I get to, this is going to be fun. I don't know if I can do this. I, I, <laughs> we'll gonna, see. We'll see if I can be the one not in control of the podcast. I have control issues. <laughs> do you? <laughs> well, that first step is admitting your problems. So. Yeah, it is. There it you is. go. But, but you haven't admitted it so many times. You know what? What good is that? <laughs> 
All right. Well, I'll, I'll try to do my best here to, to be a good host for y'all. So, Doug, as you think about the ministry here all across, what is the relationship between service and worship ministry? Yeah, I... Um... It would be real easy, I think, to separate service ministry from both worship and growth ministries and have its own kind of entity. Maybe it's the same for all the others, but I, I see service flowing out of worship. I, th- I think the most important thing we do as a community of God's people is worship, number one. It goes back to the first commandment of loving God above everything else. So it flows out of that. It doesn't. I, I don't see... Service ministry is the horse that, that leads the cart. It's, right. it, it follows. It, it, it can't. It, it's uh, otherwise. You know what makes it any different than any any other service organization? Right. But what about the verse where Paul talks about how this is your spiritual act of worship in reference to service and in reference to as he's talking? I can't remember the exact. Yeah, you're talking about uh, Romans Romans twelve one. Uh, okay. Yeah. And and that's a good question. Maybe a better way of saying it is not just flowing out of worship it is part of worship, uh, but it can't be separated from the moment when the community gathers around the 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 scriptures, when the community gathers around the Lord's table and the waters of baptism. You can't really separate it from that either. Uh, I guess this is what I would I I I I can hear people saying. Well, I'm I'm out there doing my service for the Lord. That is my worship, and I say, well, that's partly true. Right. Yes. Right. But the other part of it is is dedicated time with the community of God's people, gathering, gathering. You know, the early church always gathered. They just couldn't be apart from each other. Right. Because uh, we need that spiritual nourishment from one another. Exactly. And, and to to do my service, <laughs> you know, I need to be fed too. Right. Absolutely. And, and service is an expression of, uh, yeah, maybe maybe. Um, Maybe we just separate things out too much from each other, and it's not. We shouldn't separate worship, growth, and service in one sense. It's all one package. Mm-hmm. Right, because really, as you think about it, we are being fed through our worship services with the Word and the sacrament, and and while we're in growth ministries, we're getting more into His Word and deepening our our faith and understanding of God, and then with service, we are then. Again, coming full circle, worshiping God with the ability that God, He has given to us through the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, it all—it has to because that's right. okay. So we've talked about this. I think in the last podcast, especially, we got at this. If you separate service ministry from the other two, it's just doing good works that that are important in the world for the world to to live. But it has no context mm-hmm. of why we're doing it. But I, I guess I can go the other side of that coin too. If we're just worshiping and not serving, then am I really worshiping? Right. Then James would talk about, well, show me your faith by by what you do. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, that's I've said many times in Bible classes. I'm so grateful for both of those that the, the, the both concepts that uh, we are saved by grace alone through faith, but. But faith is never alone. It's always followed by good works, you know. And so you got James and, and Paul uh-huh. that are really balancing each other off, and and we need to hear both messages and hear them as as um, relating to each other. Right. Absolutely. All right. So then, what do you think about the relationship? Then you kind of already talked about this, but between the service ministry and growth ministry, I, I think this one's a little bit harder because I can sit there and argue that that I'm growing in worship. I really don't. Because the word of God is there, it's proclaimed, and 
you know, here at Holy Cross especially, we make sure that mm-hmm. our sermons are biblically based, and so I don't don't need to go deeper. Uh, but I don't. I, I I can say, well, maybe that's true, but I don't think so. I think that digging deeper into God's Word, and in that context, then usually it's with other Christians who are sharing the word together. So we're talking about it around tables or in around mm-hmm. living rooms or coffee shops or wherever it is that we're talking about it. I'm not just listening to one person up front talking about the word, but now I get to interact more with it. I get to ask the question we Lutherans like to ask is, what does this mean? <laughs> what does this mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and so I think... I think the relationship is that it deepens our service. I think it, it gives us more of an understanding why we're doing what we're doing, or maybe even more direction in our life. Because, you know, for example, uh, Paul talks in a few places about spiritual gifts. you know, And so I'm studying that text with other people that they can affirm or are not affirm gifts I have, and, and it makes my service that much more important. So I'm not doing something that that is futile and i wonder why can't i why can't i teach when i don't have a gift of teaching mm-hmm. you know um i i think it takes it to a deeper level uh, and, and so it's, a, it's an important part of of uh of the relationship between growth ministry and service ministry is very important okay absolutely so then when people hear the words service ministry what do you think comes to their minds I think many things can come to a person's mind uh, when they hear the word service ministry. But one thing is, I, I think some people will say it's not for me. Hmm. Uh, you know, let's go to negative first. What, what makes you say that? Because uh, I, uh, I believe there are people who say, well, I'm not gifted to do anything. Oh, okay. You know, I, right. I don't have the confidence to do things. I think people would say it's not for me because... You know, that's some, for somebody else to do. Um, they are more gifted than I am at it. You know, I've heard a lot of that the last few weeks. Have you? <laughs> How, go. <laughs> well, you know, as we were gearing up for all the fall education programs, and we asked folks to, to help be leaders in the classrooms, to teach our younger generations, we struggled to find enough volunteers this year, especially for our Wednesday night program. And more often than not, the answer was something along those lines where I'm not gifted in that area or I don't, I don't think I could do that. So I think the question for me becomes, and how do we create this environment? How do we ever create an environment where, where people don't feel gifted? Uh, and, and to answer my own question on that, I think part of it is that in our tradition, uh, we're, we're, we're geared toward, well, we hire people to do that, call right. people to do that. You, me, Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, then some other people, the very important workers here at Holy Cross too. We we pay them to do it. Uh, but also, I think a lot of us pastors, specifically pastors, I'm using not just talking about I'm not talking about DCs because DCs are not trained this way, but pastors tend to be this way, who believe it's all about me. Mm-hmm. It all depends upon me. I'm really the only one who can do uh, the the I, ministry. I have this knowledge that yeah, I have to yeah, share. Yeah, yeah, I know Greek. I know Hebrew, sort of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and uh, I'm the only one who can stand behind the communion rail, mm. you know, which we take as meaning more than just a communion rail. It's I'm the only one who can visit shut-ins. I'm the only one who can uh, volunteer at a food pantry. I don't know that so much, right. but but whatever. I mean, right? But that kind of yeah. flies in the face of 
Luther's idea of the priesthood of all believers. There's a tension. There's always, and it, I, you yeah. know, I talk about this all the time. There's there's a healthy tension between the office uh, of the pastoral ministry and the priesthood of all believers. Mm-hmm. You can't have one without the other, and you can't have one dominating the other. There needs to be that tension between the two. Um, pastors can't abdicate, abdicate their responsibilities right. as, a, as a called worker. But the priesthood... Well, believers can't abdicate theirs either by no. saying, well, the pastor, you know, he's the only one who can do things. So I think people, when they hear the word service ministry, think, uh, okay, that's somebody else. But I do think there is a group of people who really have a bent toward it, though. Mm-hmm. And that's where they really want to be. They want to be doing something. They want to be affecting people's lives. They want to see change happen. And so they, they are quick to say, where can I serve? And right. here more, not, uh, I know you're responsible for growth ministry. Here I'm thinking more of like uh, be a part of our food pantry, um, volunteer at some other organization somewhere along the line. But I, I do I don't want to make it all negative. Mm-hmm. I, I think there are some people when they hear that, I really believe that this is where God is calling them and what they ought to be doing. Huh. So, Very cool. Yeah, I I don't know. What, what do you hear? What do you hear? I'm just curious well, too. I hear service yeah, ministry. Yeah, what do you hear when you hear service ministry? Never really thought about that too much, but I guess the first thing that comes into my mind is um, a service of some kind, like a worship service. I don't well, know you why. Know I was going that same direction. I don't know why, but then I, as I think about it, I'm like, well, it's, it's about giving back and doing lots, lots of other things, but that's the first thing that pops in my head when I hear service ministry is the worship service. I'm, and I wonder the same thing. <laughs> I wonder how many of our listeners to this podcast, when they heard service ministry, are thinking, oh, something to do with ushering and reading the scriptures or singing in the choir, right. something related to a worship service. Right. I don't know. Give us your comments. Let us know. What did you yeah, think about yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> really. Really do that. You can email us at Praying with the Eyes, uh, uh, questions at prayingwiththeeyes.com, uh, questions at prayingwiththeeyes.com. I, I find it intriguing. I think our, our language, and it's not just, I don't think it's just this area. I wonder what people hear when they hear worship ministry or when they hear growth ministry. Probably growth and service ministry because those are, if we would say education ministries, I think people probably have a greater concept of what that is. Maybe not so much when, when you say growth ministry. What about for you? What about growth ministry? What do you what do you think people hear when they hear growth ministry? Oh, I mean, I, I think when they hear growth ministry, they think of something living, active, green. There's a color that comes to my mind of you know, thinking about, and usually children. Okay. Is yeah, where I think yeah, yeah. Uh, what a lot of people hear. Uh, it's sometimes hard to get that connection, I think, with adults. Say, no, growth is also adult ministry. I mean, you don't stop growing in your faith, uh, ever. I had um, an interesting experience in my first congregation a long time ago. And I went to a house in the, uh, for some kind of a party. It might have been a confirmation party or something like that, baptism party. But anyway, uh, as I was there, this older gentleman had come up to me and was proud of the fact that he had not been in a Bible class since his confirmation. He was proud of that fact? He was proud of the fact. He was in worship every Sunday. Huh. But was proud of the fact. And I don't. I didn't get that. You know, I processed that. I didn't talk to him any further about why that was. or And maybe it wasn't even what he, had, what he said. It was just how he carried himself that, that, that like communicated. I, yeah, I, 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 have, I have a need Bible it. class. Yeah, like. I learned everything I need to know back in, in confirmation class. Sounds like a book. Uh, anyway, <laughs> everything I need to know I learned in confirmation. Yeah. I don't think so. No. No. You're listening to the Praying with the Eyes podcast.
All right, welcome back, everybody. And as always, if you have any questions or thoughts, we'd love to hear from you. So email us at questions at prayingwiththeeyes.com. And we're going to return our attention back once again uh, to Pastor Doug and service ministry. So is service ministry only focused on people who are not a part of Holy Cross? Yeah, uh, and that's, that's I think, a, that's an important question to ask. And when we think of service ministry, I think, again, it goes back to the question, what do people hear when they hear service ministry? I don't have any empirical data to prove this, but I think most people would think, well, it's outside the congregation. But then again, maybe not. Maybe like I, I, I was, in that break, I was telling you a story that happened to me a, a couple of weeks ago at a, a wedding where a person had an older person had talked to me about the pastor in their church and kind of upset with their church because they no longer do. And some of you will understand this who are lifelong Missouri Synod Lutherans. They no longer use the the Lutheran hymnal on page 515 for their worship service. Uh, they now use the, the Lutheran service book and, and the, the liturgies aren't the same and, and that's whatever. But the comment was made that this person felt like she wasn't being served anymore. And, and so service is about me. Is about service to the community, the, the, the fellowship here at Holy Cross. Is that what service ministry is? Again, I'll go back to the issue of tension. I think there is a tension between service within the community of believers that gather in this place and service uh, outside of, of the church. And, um, hey, let's do this. Jeffrey's here early. Jeffrey, come on in. Jeff, Jeffrey, we're we're, we'll just keep recording. Of course, I locked the door on him. Uh, we are we recording. Really we are recording right now, so you're just jumping in on us. All right. And we're we're uh, talking about, and you can. You're welcome to join us. Dan just asked me whether service ministry is for uh, people in the church or outside the church, and um, I think it's both. I do think that there are things within the church that that where people we do need to serve people. You know, we, we help out people here at Holy Cross, members who are struggling with financial issues, you know, right. so that comes into my area of, of ministry. Um, right. And the, our food pantry service is not just the community, but also our church membership Yeah, it serves, well. it serves, you know, yeah, yeah. A, a, yeah. A few people, and that fluctuates, you know, people are, are struggling with things. So, yeah, yeah, it's, that's all a part of part of it. But I, I do believe that... that uh, one of my main focuses is to think outside the congregation, though. I think we get we are so internal in our uh, way of thinking that that it's easy to think, well, it's just service for the people of Holy Cross. But I, we got to look outside and and see the need of the community and and be there because it's the right thing to do. So we talk about Hurricane. Um, Harvey. Harvey. And now coming up, Hurricane Irma, as it was recording this. The potential uh, devastation of that hurricane, which uh, you were saying could hit the hit land as a Category 5, which yeah. would be unbelievable. Yeah, and Category 5 hasn't hit since Andrew in 1995, I believe. So it's been... It's been a while. A while. Not unprecedented, but... No. But... Yeah. but, but um, so, you know, it's it's getting people to look outside and say, "Hey, there's a need there for us too." We're we're blessed here. We don't have. We're not going through that. We have abundance to share. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, so for you then, where is the balance between serving the people of Holy Cross and those outside the walls? We talked earlier about the tension that exists between, yeah. you know, gr- worship, growth, and service. But now, where is that? Where is that tension? Well, you know, as a director of service ministry, I, mean, I think for me, it's it's 
being aware of both and not um, maintaining the tension. Okay, I think you got to maintain. It. You got to be able to say that we need to be there for the people who are hurting and need help within our community here. And maybe that's a good place to start. And what comes to my mind is thinking about what do we do to help our shut-ins when fall? They still some of them that still live in their homes or semi-shut-ins. They just can't. They can't take care of the yards. They can't rake up the leaves. They pay somebody to do that. Is that an area where service toward them would be really beneficial? But then you can think about within our community here, especially where I think where Holy Cross is, is located. You look south of us, and you've got some people that really have some some need. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and what can we do more to reach out to to those uh, people south of us? And what are their needs? We don't even know. You know, right. we're asking those questions. So asking both the questions of what can we do to help people within the community here at Holy Cross, and and. and what can we do outside? And the, the, the re- reality is it's important for us to be involved in, in service ministry uh, because it reflects on, on, the, on the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, we just look like a cult you know, <laughs> sitting here in a, a building on a corner of Constitution of Murray. Yeah, kind of closed off and yeah. also ourselves. Yeah. Sure. So that, that kind of leads me to the next question here a little bit. Of Should churches join hands with non-Christian agencies to help people? Like, you know, I, I I'm going to get. This is a question that I and an answer that is given in all my photography podcasts I listen to. People will call up or I have a question saying, "Well, what should I do in this case?" And most every podcaster will say, "It depends," <laughs> and I think it really depends here. I think it depends on what the organization is. You know, what does it stand for, and can we, in good conscience. Uh, link arms with a, an, uh, uh, an organization that's mm-hmm. not Christian. If it's a government agency, it becomes another issue is if you're getting government funds, are they going to control what you can do and say mm-hmm. and what you can't say? We have a partnership here at Holy Cross with um, Care and Share for our food pantry. But there does that does come with some strings attached to it. Whenever you do that, you you have to play by rules that they establish for all their agencies, not just us here at Holy Cross, which limits at, the, at times the, what what we can share uh, about Christ and why we do what we do. Verbally, it's no problem, but any kind of written material, those kind of things, it becomes more difficult. We can't right. put we cannot put um, flyers in uh, the bags uh, or things like that to take home. And so there are limitations, and yet uh, outweigh that. And the reason why we stay involved with Care and Share is we can make a great. Uh, uh, we get the best bang for our buck here when we buy food there. We can never buy go to King Super or uh, Safeway, Albertsons, whatever, and buy right food at the same price. We can get it there to help people. So what's our end goal? Well, we need to get people food, mm-hmm. and uh, we can still, even though there's some limitations to it. So, yes, I think you can, and I think it's important to. We used to be a part of, I don't think it any longer exists, uh, 411, instead of a 911, 411, where if you needed assistance of some kind, and if they needed spiritual assistance or we had other means here at Holy Cross, we would be the ones that would uh, be contacted for it. We uh, distribute COPE funds, which are uh, the, the money that the utilities have here to help people who can't pay their... Uh, utility bills, and so we help distribute it. That, but we're not going to get involved with, for example, Planned Parenthood. 
you know, because <laughs> right. their their moral their ethics about life are on the opposite of ours. So you know, yeah, you've got to ask that question. But so you got to be wise in your decisions. Well, you're which wise in your decisions, yeah. And then also things. leave the door open to say, well, we can no longer partner with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think it's important that we do that. I think it's important. Okay. Jeffrey, you've been involved with that too. You've been involved with food food pantry. Where where do you come out on that kind of stuff? You do about linking arms with non. Yeah, as long as our the the word of God is never compromised, um, I, I think there's opportunities when we do link arms or, or live in the presence of people who are not believers. For God to always use us to rub off onto them uh, with a truth from God's word. But as long as God's word is never compromised, I think it can work. But when God's word is compromised, then then we need to stand on the truth. It it and. I think sometimes we've used the excuse, well, it's not a Christian organization, it pulls us away, then we lose our voice, too. Sometimes those agencies is the public square, where we can then, you know, if the restrictions aren't there, that we can say, you know, Holy Cross, the Christian community does care, and they're just doing the right thing. You know, sure. We have a we have a, a a motorcycle group that meets here at Holy Cross Lutheran Church, and it's not a Christian organization. They're just a group of people who love riding bikes, yeah. and they meet here once a month. Great, great people, awesome yeah, they people. Are. They really are neat. Yeah. And I they love motorcycle riders. Yeah, and they do they do a food <laughs> they do a food drive for our congregation every year, and and so in essence, we're linked with them. Yes, and 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 it's been a positive relationship both ways uh, for that for that to happen. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, yeah, I think that's uh, it's it's one you can you can't give a definite answer to. You, you have to. We want to be in the out in society. We want to be seen in society. We want to be giving and linking arms where we can, but always aware that the word of God. Is is not being compromised. Connecting the beauty of God's Word with the beauty of creation. You're listening to the Praying with the Eyes podcast. So I'm going to relieve Dan here. Good job, Dan. Oh, I did all right. Yeah, you did great. Great. I knew you were intimidated by me. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are not intimidated by me at all. We're joined by Jeffrey Mines. Jeffrey, you were with us last time. Good to have you back. Thank you. You have a crazy. You've had a. You have a crazy week this week, don't you? We do. We well, it's always challenging when you lose a Monday. It is. It's yeah. it's a it's a tension because you love the time with your family and to have the day off and to relax, but at the same time, everyone then gets backed up because now we have to do Monday's work on Tuesday or and, and throughout the week. It's also the week of starting all of our yeah. Wednesday night programming and. Yeah, we're recording this the day after uh, uh, Labor Day, and, and it's. I found myself. This is what I usually do on those kind of days. Memorial Day is totally different because Memorial Day then it's going the opposite direction, right? We're we're not doing a lot of stuff. It's huh. the end of the summer. Well, you are. Uh. Dan is. Dan's getting ready for vacation Bible school. He laughs. <laughs> and, and youth trips. <laughs> we pastors, we got it lucky. <laughs> but when it when uh, I, I start worrying about things on that day on Monday. Mm. And started thinking about it, so I yeah, really got it. I had uh, Dan, you and I were talking about this earlier. I saw a headline of an email come. Nope, not dealing with that till tomorrow. I can't. Yeah. I, you know, it's just things you can't do. But but Jeffrey is uh, uh, the other part for you is is it's never convenient to have a funeral, right? And so a Holy Cross has a uh, dear sister who passed away uh, this week, and so her 
uh, funeral and memorial are this week, and so we, in addition to the other work we do, we prepare for the funeral. And it seems and, like whoever's doing the funeral, it's always the next Sunday that they have to preach. Right, right, because I'm also <laughs> preaching on Sunday. So, But anyway, so this uh, what I want to do now is talk about blog, and you can find this blog in the show notes. It's entitled Bloom Where You're Planted. I, I don't think I, I said I, I was thinking about this. I, it posted in the Praying with the Eyes website June 15th. Actually, I think this goes back to the very beginning of uh, the Praying with the Eyes ministry back when I was, I was the only one writing the blogs, and it was on uh, uh, Blogger. Uh, oh, really? When I was using Blogger, because you I transferred you, over. You wrote a devotion a day. A devotion a day for a full year. Yep. Wow. I didn't miss a day. Now I didn't write one every day. I wrote like five sometimes in one day because I need to get ahead. But yeah, that was uh, that was one of the. I've never done anything like that in my life. It was one of the best experiences. And actually, uh, tomorrow, which is September sixth, is the five year anniversary of the Praying with the Eyes wow. Ministry. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, it is. It's pretty cool. Anyway, um, this blog, I, I used to hike <laughs> before my back got bad. And one of the greatest places to go hike here is called Jones Park. And we're coming to that season where it's, it's it, it, there's not a lot of Aspen around Colorado Springs, but you go to Jones Park. Uh, it's up Seven Bridges Trail. So I don't know if you guys have been up there. Mm-hmm. Yep. You keep going beyond it. Mm. And then you get up in Jones Park, and there's a bunch of aspen up there, mm. and it's gorgeous up there. Well, this wasn't a this picture wasn't taken during that that time period, I don't believe. But there's an iris. I'm wondering why is an iris blooming up here, uh, in this this high higher elevation, uh, meadowy field. And I took a picture of this iris, and entitled it uh, "Bloom Where You're Planted," and. Uh, what I'd like to talk about then in relation to that, you can find that blog at the show notes, so the link to that blog, you can find the picture there at the show notes for episode 51, if you go to the Praying with the Eyes website, prayingwiththeeyes.com, and some other Bible passages and other things will be there in the show notes as well. But it prompted me to ask a, a question. Bloom where you're planted, meaning each one of us is gifted and, and not to, to go out some, some other place and be something different than we are. But, guys, why do you think people, I hear this, you probably heard it, why do people think that if I'm really going to serve God, I've got to become a church worker? Well, I, I think it goes back to what we were mentioning earlier, that people feel that they're unprepared, or I can't do that. Uh, I think in our society, we're so educated that you have to have the proper education before you can do a job. That people think, well, I don't know enough about theology or about classroom management or, or event planning. So I, I can't do that until until I get the education, which then, once you, education, usually that leads into becoming a professional church worker. Not always, but in most cases, at least for a time. I think it has to do with the fear of being wrong. Because uh, let's say the three of us are sitting around talking about sports and, and I get a, uh, a fact or a, a date or a championship wrong or something. No big deal, you know, you correct me and we move on. But I think people get afraid when you're talking about God's word because if we get that wrong, there's a real concern that we'll communicate poor theology or improper theology. And so for that reason, I think a lot of people just want to leave it up to the professionals because they assume that we could never get it wrong. Well, I think that's a, that's a critical part of it because somehow we assume that just because I have this education in a seminary that I, I got it all together and I know everything and I'm never going to make those mistakes. And yet, I think the three of us know there's been men that have gone through a seminary who are not really qualified to be pastors. Sure. Yep. 
and and <laughs> just because you go through the educational aspect of it uh, doesn't make you capable. I I think it's that false assumption you and I were talking about earlier too, Dan, that um, that somehow uh, the pastor is the only one that can do it. So if I really want to do it, meaning service the Lord, I got to become a church worker. I was talking to a guy this week who um, served in the church professionally at one point, and now he's working in an oil field. Why? Um, well, because his wife uh, got a job in this particular town, and there wasn't professional church work available in that particular town. So he just started looking around, and he, he got on with a really, really small uh, oil organization. And he really began enjoying that work. And so now he manages a crowd of guys and he looks at them as the people he's called to serve. I think that's great. In the oil field. Right. You know, I, uh, a colleague of mine back in Indiana, he came and finally got a call to a church and we asked him, well, what have you been doing for the last five years? He says, working at Walmart. And, you know, some of the, People there at the meeting kind of at first were like, well, well, why? Well, he couldn't get a he couldn't get a calling, but he said that after being in the church for a year, uh, he said he did more ministry in Walmart in those five years working as the, the whatever his jobs were than he ever thought he could do in the church. So he was actually considering going back to, to work in a Walmart and not stay in the church. Well, see, I think that brings back to a uh, pastor. I think Dan, you had brought it up recently, and I don't remember the context. But Ephesians 4, equipping the saints yeah. for ministry, that's what we do. Right. So we're equipping people to be about ministry. Right. And so we, we flipped things over somewhere along the line that said only church workers can do ministry. And maybe that's what people wanted to hear or fed our egos as church workers too. But we are to equip people to do ministry. When, when I first saw the title of this blog prior to reading it, I thought you were heading in a different direction. Okay. Because um, we plant trees out on our property. We transplant trees and then plant them on our property. And pretty much one out of every two trees will die. So to get 100 trees, we got to plant 200 trees uh, because uh, half of them will, will just turn brown on us. The ones that survive take three solid seasons to really take root and say, fine. When you say a solid season, what do you mean by that? Well, three years. But but are you doing anything special during three years for those trees? Well, we water them and we allow the sun to shine on them and stuff like that. (laughs) But um, it takes three years. It's really novel of you to let the sun shine on them. And and I was uh, sharing with somebody recently, it's like the tree says, Okay, fine. If this is where I have to be, that now I'll I'll thrive. <laughs> but it takes three years to get them in that attitude. I not going back to Black Forest where I was when you got me. Right, right. <laughs> and 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 I've experienced that in my own life too. Where sometimes where you're always looking at, well, I wish I could be a professional church worker. I wish I could have a calling like them so that my ministry can be validated. You know what the truth is? Is if you're in Christ and gifted with the Holy Spirit, you can bloom uh, for God's glory 
right where you're at, whether you're at Walmart or in the oil field or wherever you are, you have been given a ministry to bloom for God's glory. Right, because I always think back to the Great Commission. You know, as Jesus was telling his disciples in Matthew, uh, my understanding of the Greek, and of course my knowledge is much limited than even you, uh, wonderful smart fellows, but is that it's not just, Thank you know, <laughs> it's not just go and make disciples, it's as you are going. Yes. It's, it's mm-hmm. the idea yeah. that yeah. as you walk on your journey yes, of life, right. wherever you are, make disciples. And I think that every time I teach that message to adults or youth, I, I do, I use that verbiage. Because that's a good illustration for all of us. It's not go some distant field. It's where you are. I think we wrestle with that, though. We always think that, well, maybe it goes back to just in life in general. We think of the grass is always greener, right? Right. If I just move. And I, I was that way for, you know, I had the wanderlust. It seemed like every three years, my first few congregations, to go to someplace different because it would be better there, right? Mm-hmm. It would be better than when I'm, it wouldn't, it's like, <laughs> really, Doug, what you're saying is you hate being around people. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because people are always, wherever you go, there's people. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, finally, I came to grips with that. I think I'm doing okay. Been here 18 years, so I guess mm-hmm. it's changed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think we always look out there. If I had this job, you know, things would be better. But I think we do that in the area of service too. If I was just a church worker, um, everything would be better uh, in my life. Um, so let's take that on. Why, why, why would you, someone think they could serve God better if they were? If they were more like someone else, so um. it's part of the human nature. You know, we are always, despite how the understanding of God has given us each gifts, we always look at someone else's gift and think, "Oh, I, I would do better if I had their gift, or if I could do what they do." I think we, by nature, in our sinful condition, compare ourselves. I had an experience very when I was in college. Went to a uh, Ambassadors for Christ weekend, mm-hmm. and I had never met this person before. I was preaching, and the person preached exactly like Billy Graham. Hmm. I mean, just I thought this is Billy Graham, and because of that, it lost its effectiveness for me. I mean, I noticed it. I remember what the message was about, and, and I think we pastors can do the same thing. We can emulate or try to emulate another pastor. And lose our authentic voice, you know. Uh, I I I'm saying this with all seriousness. Uh, that that Jeffrey is an amazing preacher. Okay, his style is is much different than mine. I'm inspired by his preaching, uh, but I dare not try to copy his style because I would be inauthentic doing so. Well, uh, honestly, as I came here and you guys asked me to be in that role every once in a while, it scared the heck out of me because <laughs> yeah. I. Never, people never, like listening to you too. Never done things like that. So when I asked Jeffrey for advice, I'm like, what, what should I do? He said something very, very wise. Like, just be yourself. Be Dan Hampton. Mm-hmm. You know, don't try to be Jeffrey Mines or be Pastor Doug. You know, be who you are. And that that really helped me realize, okay, I'm more of a teacher, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give the message like I would to a, a youth room. Yeah. I told Janice this weekend. I said one of the blessings of being here is that is having. For, for the most part, two of us preaching and because uh, of the difference in, in style and, and, and content, how we approach things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the people benefit greatly from, from that. And then adding your voice in there periodically. Now, that's not what you were called to do, and I wouldn't expect that of you, but 
Um, I'm not as scared now, thanks to you guys. But <laughs> <laughs> See, I always assume, I don't know, Jeffrey, did you assume that he had done preaching before he came here? I assumed he did, but the reason I assumed he did was because it was it's what our history is know, here at Holy Cross. Thing. It's like it's what we did, you know. All of our DCs have been here and preached, except well, for the women. I, I will say that that particular YouTube video got a lot of sh- a lot of views because all my family back home was like, "Ooh, let's watch Dan." <laughs> uh, uh, Dan, you had talked about comparing ourselves a while ago. How often do do people do that? Where we look at somebody else's car, somebody mm-hmm. else's home, somebody else's job, somebody else's spouse. Yeah. And we think to ourselves, you know, if I could just be married to them, you know, I I would be better off. Mm-hmm. But here, bloom where you're planted. Drive your car, live in your house, raise your children, uh, give your love to your wife or to your husband. And really, that's this bloom word where... We need to stop looking at what other people have or other ways that God has gifted somebody else. We need to look at whatever God has given to us as his gift to us and and bloom to the best of our ability for his glory. Absolutely, because I believe he's put you in that spot for a reason. Right. And I think that's the hardest part, is to believe that. To believe that the God has put me there. God, if you really were God, you'd put me somewhere else than right here. Mm. Yeah. My gifts would be better used in another place, but... It's not true. Well, thank you for being with us on this Praying with the Eyes podcast. It's a ministry of Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado, where we worship at 8 o'clock at 9.30 and 11 on Sunday mornings. We'd love to have you join us. If you live in the Colorado Springs community and do not have a church home, uh, you may want to join us on uh, join me on Monday mornings for Monday Morning Muses. Uh, I do a, a vlog on most Mondays, uh, although I take a little liberty with that, and I take on a, a topic uh, that... Uh, is kind of I've been musing about. Uh, you can find those on Facebook. I, I put those up there on my my timeline and put them also on Holy Cross's um, Facebook uh, page. And we'd love for you to go to that Facebook page too. We're trying to improve uh, our communication here at Holy Cross as well and those kind of things. Uh, you you can go to the Praying with the Eyes website for more daily devotional blogs. Now on the next podcast coming up, I have a special guest. Alan Briggs is going to be with me, and Alan is the author of three books. And the book we're going to talk about is Everyone's a Genius, and uh, with the subtitle uh, Unleashing Creativity for the Sake of the World. We're going to talk about creativity. Alan, if you've ever uh, met him, is full of energy and a great person. He's been on a podcast before, and I'm looking forward to sitting down with him again and talking about this new adventure in his book, Everyone's a Genius. Look forward to to being with you again on the next podcast. Thank you for joining us today on this edition of the Praying with the Eyes podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Praying with the Eyes podcast on iTunes as well as post a review. We look forward to being with you in our next episode.